Welcome back to Droolish. Joey here. Let's get to it right now. Welcome back to Droolish, episode 34. I am your host, Joey Montano. And if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focused on helping you relax and fall asleep. Hopefully, I'll be able to curb your insomnia with my yawn-inducing voice. I mix kind of some long-winded speech with ambient background noises, and I try to blend in a variety of subjects, subjects to at least provide value to those who want to listen, regardless if you're trying to sleep. Even even if you're not trying to sleep, you might be listening to this during the day, and you might find a good gem, uh, especially in this series that we're running right now. Um, this is kind of a mini-series that, uh, along with the football picks, I've, I've been trying to settle down into more consistent uh, weekly or you know episodic uh, shows that have a general theme around it. So uh, every Thursday, or sometimes Wednesday, I release the NFL picks. And uh, all my Monday releases, at least for the time being, I'm going to be talking about uh, 100 startup ideas. Uh, Not all these ideas are going to be pure, quote unquote, like startups that you would think like with an app. Some of these are also ideas or products or businesses. uh, But most of them, since I've been in the tech space for a long time, generally are going to be geared towards startups. Now, that being said, I'm always super excited. I go through about six or seven of these uh, every episode and it's probably going to go on until about uh, probably about like seven more episodes Uh, I don't have a hundred fully ideas written down I know they're around my house elsewhere but I'm redoing my uh, home office and spending some time just clearing out items and just decluttering Uh, last week I know you guys uh, missed uh, the episode and uh and I don't know, I don't like missing episodes, but it, it, I'm between uh, switching computers and moving my office around and, and getting a new PC so I can start getting more videos out there. Uh, if you happen to have an idea for an episode or any comments or suggestions or feedback, you're more than welcome to send me an email at uh, droolishpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Twitter or Facebook and just simply type in droolishpodcast and you'll be able to message me there. I will admit I'm pretty terrible at getting the emails. Uh, I, I don't check it too much, so, um, but I do try. I, I shouldn't say I try, but I, I, I do try enough. It's just uh, uh, depending on my availability and time and everything else. You know, I have schedules too, um, and I, I like I'd like to spend a day dedicated towards uh, recording and editing and then getting everything done. And then I try to not focus on the podcast too much uh, the other six days of the week. Uh, although that's not entirely. <laughs> you know, that's a goal. It's not entirely true in the sense of I try to not live by it. Uh, definitely by Tuesday and Thursdays, I'm still thinking about the podcast, but Wednesdays is, is generally my uh, my big day to actually get down, record, and get to it. So, the t- despite the two minutes of me kind of just wandering and talking about the podcast, that's a little bit of what this podcast is going to be like. Um, but if you're here to listen to some more startup ideas, good news, it's coming up. Well, pretty much now. So, starting out with the first idea, at least for today. Uh, continuing from last week, uh, we did about six, and then we did seven and about six, I believe. And a couple of these weren't that, weren't that flushed out. So, the list I have, I marked up to 16. 
And today we're going to go through, I have a little dash here uh, that says start at 18. So uh, I'm going to be going through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different ideas today. Uh, these ones are actually the ones that I really like. Uh, I, I highlighted a couple of these that not only have I spoke with a buddy of mine, but uh, there's a couple of these I might, well, probably, I can't say a couple, but probably one of these I'm definitely going to uh, turn into something. So you guys can determine which one it is, but I'm pretty sure just based on how excited I am, uh, based on talking about these, it's pretty, it should be pretty easy to figure out. So let's begin. The first app that I want to talk about, or the first startup idea, is it's essentially a, I call it, uh, the concept is uh, the effective cash saved. So instead of spending your money on lunch, the money is used or saved will automatically go to a stock account, bank account, high yield percentage account, or team up to T-Mobile. So this, I know some of you guys are thinking about like Acorn or a couple of those that like when you buy something, uh, so the change that's remaining uh, gets put into an account. See, that's, that is what I don't want to do because the thing is, uh, I, I don't believe that uh, the most effective way to grow is just doing that, like putting a quarter in at a time, and after like a year, you might get a couple hundred dollars. And uh, honestly, I do see the value in that specifically. But what I want to promote, is, especially with this concept, is that I want to promote better spending habits, and those spending habits automatically get rewarded by being put into a stock account or bank account or any type of account. Uh, I even wrote a note here that says uh, potentially team up with T-Mobile. So T-Mobile is definitely very uh, active in trying to, I, I, I want to say dominate the world. Uh, they have their own phones, they have their own uh, service, the phone service, and they're getting into banking too, and they have like a lot of their T-Mobile Tuesday deals. So uh, just, just something along those lines to where you're able to team up with a forward-thinking or at least like a more innovative company that is trying to break the mold from like traditional banking uh, and they might be more apt or more open to uh, just having access. Well, for one, they want to have access to your money. That's why they have a bank. But two, uh, it's it would be a pretty seamless switch to have an app that connects directly to their account and automatically gets pushed to say another startup or you know funds or you know whatever pro whatever program that they're trying to do. Um, you know, you know how you'll save this account or stock accounts or whatever. You know, like a like a fidelity investments. Uh, by the way, I, uh, even though I got up like an hour ago, I'm still kind of warming up to this podcast, uh, th this particular episode, because I didn't do last week, and I'm feeling a little bit behind, so, um, but that's it, that's it, the name, I, I call this, I call this Bastard Spend, so, again, the whole idea behind this is that instead of, unlike Acorns, where you get changed back from your spend, and then it's put into the account, I want to have the ability to set up you know, what are the traditional things you eat for lunch? And it could connect to your bank account or, you know, all your credit cards or whatever you admit. And if you were to, say, have, have like, dinner at a restaurant, or generally you, sp you spend, like, three nights a week going out, and you spend about $100, what it would do is that uh, if you go out twice and you only spend, say, 50 bucks, it'll automatically recognize that and ask you, or you can potentially just move it anywhere and say, move it anyway and say, hey, your effective budget was $100, you only spent $50, we're automatically going to turn this into money that works for you. Because 
how this would generally work, at, at least how I would save it or send it, is that um, one, it'll tell you how much cash you effectively saved because you didn't spend it. So, but you're already being active. And it's already telling you actively, like, hey, don't spend here. Um, and you save money by literally not buying it compared to, quote unquote, saving money after you spend it. Just make more sense. But, uh, but that gets pushed out and it'll tell you like said, how, much, how much you save. So, uh, I guess you could have the option to put it straight into a bank account or a stock account, but. Um, the alternative concept behind this was mainly, uh, you know, taking away from putting it to like a stock account. It would have just been, hey, I didn't, I did not eat uh, lunch today, or I, I brought my, I brought my own lunch. Uh, therefore, I saved five dollars. It'll just keep track of all the money you save, so you can visually see it, like on an app. But I don't think that, but I don't think that it will be as practical as actually seeing it like in a stock market, seeing it actively grow, and something that is, is more passive. Because if you're going to be spending the money, you're going to be budgeting around it you know, uh, around budgeting for food or whatever you don't want to spend, then uh, whatever you don't spend, it, should, it, it, just, it just cuts the fat from you actually going to put the money in the stock market or any of that stuff. It, it's money that's going to be pre-planned to be spent or used. And I don't want to say spent because if you're not spending the money, it's being used to potentially make you more money. So you're not really wasting it. Uh, some of the initial notes I've written for this uh, initially was similar to what Bake Up America did when they did the Save the Change. And I think that's what Acorn says too now. Uh, don't forget, I wrote this a long time ago, so uh, this might be a little bit dated, but uh, it was similar to the Save the Change program. Um, but find a way to say, hey, I didn't spend X money here, let's move it to a stock account. It almost forces yourself to treat a checking account, or to treat checking account money as real, without, without the consequences of losing money. Okay, so... Uh, and let's see here. I mentioned here's one more step up for Robinhood. It's seamless, I guess. So, I mean, ideally, this will probably go, this money will probably be better off into like, what is it, put in more like index funds or, or, you know, those types of retirement plan programs or something like that, that people take care of the money for you. But if you're able to put money in all the time, especially if it's pulled out of uh, money that technically don't spend, um, but it's money that you plan on moving anyway, I think it just saves a step and it doesn't make you think as much. It also keeps you accountable for budgeting. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of like people that are going to be wary about, oh no, they took out extra money that I didn't plan. Well, again, all that comes down to like, kind of setting up and um, tinkering your budgets and try to get all that automated. Um, I know a lot of people, especially they're, they're using Mint and they have their own softwares that they use. But if you're someone who likes to use your credit card or debit card, uh, that you know your, your spending is probably tracked. Uh, then I, I think this would be a good idea. Uh, as long as we're able to figure out the little, like, little granular parts that uh, might be a little bit not decent. You know, when it comes to uh, implementation. So, again, this is only in the concept phase. Uh, I really like this idea. Uh, at least the concept, I should say. Number two. That's right, we're moving on to number two. This is an app I would call Traction. And the concept behind this is that we keep track of daily habits only a few habits at a time. Each habit gets assigned a point value. Right now the point values are gonna be between minus two through two. And the goal is to work towards progress. So unlike traditional goal, app, or, you know, goal tracking apps uh, or even productivity apps, 
they do productivity based off of a habit or, or a task that you do. And I think, in my opinion, that for some people, um, it's not the amount of tasks that you do that helps, um, and you know, it might help create momentum, but it's also the weight of the task that's being done and the, the value of that task. So case in point, um, so for example, for, uh, I'm telling you what I have in my mission notes here. The goal is to give people options to start right away. So this could be in, in you know, you download a daily habit app and it could be revolved around productivity, eating habits, uh, you know, not, they you are know, going to the gym, you know, avoid eating pizza or, you know, work 30 minutes a day or get up on time, you know, those, those certain things that you can do. And what you do is, depending on how you do the task or the habit that you build, you give yourself a point value. And this could be a point value that that's a habit that is done well or that's not done, uh, you know, you didn't do it all. So, for example, if we want to talk about losing weight, we can say, okay, well, there's going to be two or there's going to be three things I want to focus on with losing weight. And that's one, I'm going to avoid eating pizza. Right? And two, I'm going to go to the gym at least, uh, or say I'm going to work out at least 30 minutes a day, seven days a week or five days a week, okay? Uh, and then the third one could be, uh, yeah, and then I'm going to do like uh, 50 sit-ups a day, something, something along those lines. So if you have three of those habits, if you, for example, don't, let's say if you don't eat a pizza a day, you can give yourself one point. Let's say if you don't eat pizza for a month, you, you might give yourself one thing for each day, but you might, but after that seventh day or eighth day, you're starting to build a habit, and then you might want to put more weight on what you're doing um, by not eating pizza. Now that said, if you have like a pizza slice, you can just say, oh, you know, I ate a pizza slice, that it was against what I wanted to do, so I give myself a minus one. Again, this is just to track your progress and like your overall habits that you're building. Uh, Someone a while back, I saw this on an internet forum, uh, where they talk about, hey, as long as you keep tracking your habits, um, it's going to be a good thing, like eating well. And then when it comes, and then I ask the question, hey, well, what happens if you know you just decided to eat well a week, and then uh, um, like Saturday and Sunday, you decided to binge eat pizza, but, you know, have all these booze and everything else, and you end up gaining like a pound or two the whole week because you did all these little, these small things but it wasn't enough to actually overcome like, the really big ones, like the big bad things that, uh, that would pretty much uh, ruin all of your progress. And they pointed out, well, the goal is to build the habit, and uh, while I don't disagree with that, I don't, I don't exactly agree with like, the end results. If you're just going to be healthy five days a week and then eat terribly the next two, um, if your goal is to maintain, then obviously that would probably be fine. But uh, it seems like... Uh, the biggest reason why most people run into issues with, like, say, losing weight or sticking with a habit is just that uh, they, they don't see the value out of it, and, and it's hard it's hard to measure habit, the habits that, that are being grown over time. So by at least adding a weighted factor to it, to say, like, minus 2, so if I had a pizza slice, it would be minus 1. If I had a whole pizza, it would be minus 2. Heck, you may even throw yourself a minus 3 in there and say, like, I was terrible. And then you can at least say, like, okay, well, I built up, like, a lot of these small daily habits, and I had one bad day, but I can still see it's, like, a plus three at the end of the week. So I feel like I'm making progress despite the fact that, one, not all my actions are weighted equally. Two, uh, you can actually track progress over time. So uh, what I plan to have with this initial concept is that, one, uh, outside of the app telling you what you can do, uh, it's an app that can actually, you can also be a text that, 
communicates with you um, or the app that you insert. So as I said, probably easier to make it seamless. All about measurement and progress. So here are the other notes I have. Those that have shown progress can be testimonial, keep yourself accountable, limit the points. The goal is to put some weight on decisions as they come around, track actual length progress based on these, those decisions, those decisions with a long-term gamification potential. I mentioned that because generally the more habits you build, um, the more momentum that you gain. And for me, as long, if you're able to measure your progress and show results and then compare it to friends and, people and, and family or other people that are joining your weight loss journey, I think that's more empowering and gets, and gets more people involved and excited to uh, talk or, you know, talk and show their progress. And that, that that's, for me, as a marketer, that's good marketing material. And, and, and as someone who like to see people, uh, you know, improve their daily habits, you know, myself included, uh, it's just verification to see, like, hey, this app might be useful for some people. So uh, that's that's essentially it for that uh, that particular app uh, specifically. Uh, I've always been a big advocate of that, and I and it would, it would be great to eventually turn that app into something where you can put in your starting weight, or it'll, it'll give you like three or four different um, beginner uh, goals to have. Where one might be like to lose weight, to eat better, to practice a habit for 30 minutes a day, and that could be like working out. And I'll give you like three or four um, listed uh, guides or options to pick from. And you can write your own goals as well, but I think just having a baseline idea and like pre predetermined goals and uh, yeah, goals and habits that you want to have or accomplish will help people actually understand like what the app does and get them to use it um, pretty straightforwardly until um, they want to add more like that seamless integration. Uh, so uh, I'm a big fan of that. And like I said, I mentioned the whole gamification, getting people excited and having people potentially compete for each other. It's kind of similar to that chain, uh, the chain startup I had, or the chain idea, um, the X effect, but uh, it's just a different variation of just wait, weighing the progress uh, versus just keeping a consistent habit going and to not break that habit. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Number three, or at least the third startup idea that I had. So this is actually not a uh, app. This is more of a product. So uh, I call this, oh man, <laughs> this is bad. Uh, the concept I wrote is ITV. I wonder what that sounds like. But uh, what I wrote besides that is the, um, the way a TV should be for 2019. Um, this is not even a vision, but a full immersed experience. Uh, sorry, this is not even vision, uh, and it says screw the remote. It needs to be as seamless as a phone. So this came out. Uh, this idea has has been around for at least a couple of years, and the reason why I, this is still a concept is because one, it's not an app, so I can't really go around and build something that fast. This is this would be something that it would be great to have someone like in Apple or someone that just is in is in a room to actually lead one of these product designs, but. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I don't like about all these, like, quote-unquote smart TVs is that it's not actually the TV that I would want to imagine, especially for iPhone or Apple, because Apple talks about changing the TV, the TV game, and all it is is just their little box, and they just have programs. And it's not that... The, it's not what's being watched on TV that needs to change. It, it just has to be the idea of of making the television better. And I still don't think that most companies actually get this. 
And I, this is something I might actually just write in just concept in my own time. This might not even be a startup, but it's just something that I, that I want to see uh, exist. So, for example, uh, I want to have a full, a full real version of this. And like the big thing, first things first, is that if this is going to be a television, it can connect with your smartphone. Okay, there's going to be, it should be pretty simple. I mean, all you have to do is just, it's just either connect to the Wi-Fi or even have a phone that has either radio or Bluetooth t technology. I mean, the, the, the freaking television should have Bluetooth technology. So it should be able to connect to the TV as needed. It should, everything should be done on the phone if you require it. And you still get a basic remote. You can use that. And that's the one thing I just don't get is that technology just forces people to drop one habit as opposed to giving them the option to go in or out. Like... Uh, and in this case, it's still having like a standard remote outside of the phone remote makes a lot more sense. And I'm pretty sure there might be some phone remote uh, tools out there. I'm going to see. I think I did some research a while back. Uh, let's see here. Uh, came out disappointed. Let's see. Likely medium market, like the VP products. Uh, nope. So, so I don't have that. Um, I don't have that specifically. But uh, as for the concept itself, again. Having everything on the phone to be or on your phone to be able to change the channel would be pretty awesome for one. Uh, well, I mean, if you're on your phone, it won't be that great, but you'll still have the, re the remote as a backup. Uh, two, I just think. I mean, I really wish they fleshed out all the exact like features of this of this TV, but um, I had let's see, likely the dream of TV. Yeah, oh, this is a this is a terrible one. I don't say it's a terrible one, but like I actually thought I'd written more outside of the concept here. Um, but if I can just guess, not guess, but at least explain a, a couple of, um, of features that I'd like this phone to have, or not this phone, this uh, TV to have, is like one, outside of, this, outside of just having the amazing ability to be a TV, it should have the ability to mirror your phone flat out. Like, like just completely turn your TV into whatever screen that you have. Um, similar to how the Apple technology, that should be the, that should be the first thing. Second, uh, when it comes to typing, I hate typing on like my smartphones. Like I hate typing on a remote. I hate typing on a game controller. The phone makes the most sense. Again, all this is leaning towards like using the phone. Uh, the other part that I would really like to see, especially for television. Again, this is not all hardware specific. This is just more so like the software portion of like the hardware that's being made. Is one. I feel like you should be able to save like all of your. I feel like everything should be saved with like the types of movies that you have, like the video quality, like the lighting, uh, even the sounds. Like there should be like way better smart sounds. Like if it understands like you're watching a movie from a theater, I know the sounds of like the noise backgrounds are made to fit like a theater, but not for a home. And if there's the ability to tweak tweak that for like better sound quality, that'll be great. If you have if you have the ability to connect with other people on the smartphone and just be like, hey. Let's uh, want to watch this together, sure. And then you can just comment and chat or you know something along those lines. Uh, I don't know, these are just things that are coming off the top of my head, uh, but I've written more specific functions elsewhere, and I thought I'd written it down here. So that's that's a brute's with boots for me, because I really like the, um, the ITV concept, because I don't, it's not about, like, the quality of TV that's being watched, it's just, I don't, I don't know, like, I like to imagine myself, if I want to turn on the TV, I press, I might press the remote that goes on. And I can just either, if I am watching, like, TV from cable, I can go anywhere, but I guess when I think about it more, a lot of the 
apps. Or, I mean, these TV buy, these smart TVs are just apps at this point. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna have to figure out more of the specifics, especially like how to uh, make the TV browsing experience better. Because I don't know, I, I just haven't found a really good TV that I just like using the remote. And honestly, like if I'm gonna be on the television, I mean, my television experience should be as seamless as a phone. Like, or I could just be able to look or point at the screen that I want, and it, you know, it'll it'll automatically take me there. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this one a little bit too much, but. Uh, yeah, ITV, that's, uh, that has to be flushed out a little bit more before I can speak more clearly to that. Again, still a concept, so if you're going to read me, at least read me on not being super flushed out, but, uh, but over time, I'll get that flushed out. This next one, so this is going to be number four. And this one is, I wouldn't say it's an app, but I have this labeled as a plugin. And, I, and this is an app called uh, Read the Room. So I just ran into this a while back, and this, this goes back to my client days, and I'm going to give you this little story because I believe it makes sense. Uh, I think all of us have done, or a number of us have done, audio and video conferences. And me personally, I love video conferences. I love seeing the other person's face. I love being able to chat and actually build rapport. And for me, as someone who likes to be pretty transparent, it's just the most, next to being face-to-face, it's the most clear and concise way of communicating without understanding, you know, without reading into, reading between the lines, you know, what you see is what you get with with these people, and you can do screenshots, you can be yourself, and honestly, that's, for me, it's like probably my favorite type of communication, next to -to face-to-face. For phones, I'm not a big fan of, but, but yeah. So, that being said, there's going to be times when you're in a room and you're going to be speaking to, you might be speaking to decision makers, you might be speaking to, uh, you know, it could be a partner, it could certainly be a partner, it could be a group of friends or people you've never spoken to before. And in, especially in this case, for most for business cases, you're going to have to give a presentation, you're going to have to prove your points, you're going to have to probably convince them that your ideas are going to be good, or when you do a presentation, you're going to have to you're going to have to make sure what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. And coming up in the agency realm, I've noticed, uh, especially if you're trying to land a client, if you're trying to uh, give a report, uh, it's very paramount to, it's it's very paramount, I mean, it's paramount to be aware of what the other people are doing or what are they saying, because uh, say if you're trying to onboard a client, if you're trying to sell a client and you see and see if you're in the middle of a presentation, uh, you're looking at your your screen for say like PowerPoint, but what you're not seeing you're, is you're not seeing the three or four of the people who are either bored of what you're talking about, or either or either just look angry because you might not be talking about the right item, or they just might be confused uh, because they have no idea why they're even in the room. So, what I would like to do is I would like to have the ability to use facial recognition to calculate figure out like facial sentiment via video chat and there are a couple of really good platforms out there like zoom's my favorite video conference one that uh, if you have the ability to just look at someone's screen and if you see that they're angry or over prolonged anger something along those lines it will give you a prompt to say hey like the settlement's not good and maybe quote unquote ask for 
you know, take a break and, and say, stop, let's ask for questions, or if people seem confused, just say, hey, or it'll prompt you to say, people look confused, um, take a pause and ask for clarification if they need it. And that's when you can sit, that's when you can stop in between like a slide and say, oh, okay, now that we, that we talked about this, are there going to be, it's like, do you guys have any questions, any comments or feedback? And then you can wait 10, 20, you know, five, let's say five seconds, five or 10 seconds to see if anyone has a question. And generally in my experience, especially when it comes to presenting, depending on who you're talking to, uh, especially if it's like C-level, they want to get more straight to the point. So, so depending on like how long-winded or short-winded your presentations are or when you speak, uh, you might be able to pause at the right spots and actually read the room correctly and then go from there. So if everyone's pretty angry about what you're talking about, you can stop midway and say, hey, I noticed that, I'm, I noticed that you know, we're trying to create more interaction here and more of a discussion and we're not getting that. Uh, do, you know, are, are we talking about, um, you know, the, are, are we, what we're talking about today, is that what we plan to talk about or are there any different types of focal points you want to uh, talk, you know, focus on in today's agenda? And you don't, you don't think that sounds too crazy. Like, that doesn't sound bad at all. But the amount of people that don't actually have the, like that struggle to actually read a room or the amount of people that just only want to focus on giving their presentation and saying what they need to say and not actually um, wanting to have a discussion with, with people that they're trying to help or vice versa. Uh, it seems like it's absurdly high. And I, was, I don't want to say it's majority of people, but I feel like it's like a 50-50 chance that you run into a client or you know a vendor that's like that. And it, it just blows my mind. And if there's just the ability for people just to read, like just to say like, hey, like this person's really angry and not, not everyone is, no one, not everyone has the ability to like read a room or actually read facial expressions or read body demeanor. Uh, and I'm not saying I'm like super elite at it. You know, I, I play poker, but it's just, you know, it's just some of these things I've learned over time. That's what inspired the idea. But obviously, I'm getting people, in, you know, getting facial recognition software or facial sentiment. I can't say facial, facial recognition. That means they know who you are. But like facial sentiment to where it's like, oh, this is a smile. Oh, they look bored. Hey, they are not interested. Or hey, they're kind of interested, but they might have a question. You know, it, it, it creates a lot of problems at the right time if you're able to see it in real time. And I think that would actually make a big difference, uh, especially since most of this is most of this application is gonna be focused on vendors or clients that speak to the C level or D level. So yeah, and then uh, I have this a notes too. Uh, this might be fun to read. Uh, so imagine you're in a meeting, you think things are going well, but as you are focused on the, as a presentation, reading a room and ensuring the audience is engaged, if that's the goal, will uh, help you adjust your strategy. Um, it lets you pause to ask questions or offer a follow-up, hoping for communication improvements. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I'm alluding to is that, I, I don't know, I'm a big fan of transparency. Uh, and I do my best to be as transparent as possible. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I have a podcast that talks about this stuff to try to be as transparent as possible, but you guys keep falling asleep. I don't know. I'm assuming you guys are falling asleep if you're still listening, but that was uh, that was my fourth, and I can't believe we're already 30 minutes in, and I've only gone through four of the seven. So I try to keep these around 45 minutes to an hour, and I'll take this as a little break too. Now, first of all, I want to make sure you guys are being appreciated. I appreciate you guys downloading uh, the episodes. It, uh, I haven't been focused too much on talking about numbers uh, recently, and 
I, I don't know why. I, I feel like if I talk about it all the time, it just feels like it's the same old stuff. But um, to circle back on this, I know we're going to be, this is episode 34, and we're 34 episodes in. And I got to tell you, I I just flabbergasted at like, the, the numbers, especially the last month. The last week of, of November just blew my mind. Uh, especially if I'm looking at like the last 30 days, and I'll get back to this in like two minutes, maybe one minute, is that I like to look at like my 14-day and 30-day downloads. And ever since week eight of the NFL, I think it was like ever since the Home Remedies episode two, uh, I've been getting about 100 and say like 115 to 100 and yeah, yeah, 115 to about 150 downloads every, like for every 30 days which is just mind-blowing. Even, uh, yeah, even this last month, I mean, all these from my all-time, they're like 110, 111, 20, 125. Even my latest episode, I know, I, I have to, I should have had this uh, Monday episode up, so that's a little bit of a cheat, but I'm um, still getting 100, almost 100 down, uh, downloads a week, like not a week, but like every couple of weeks. Uh, it just blows my mind. And I, pre- I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I take enough time to appreciate it, and if I do, I don't want to take too much time to keep appreciating because it doesn't feel like it's genuine. At least that's how I see it in my head. But uh, I, I don't know, guys. It it, it just blow. It, it continues to blow my mind that you guys continue to download and listen. And I still, the, I still get the occasional like reach out. Um, but uh, I always still wonder like who who listens to this because um, I would really like to know. Um, and I really want to know if this helps. Uh, hopefully, in helping you sleep or helping you calm down and be soothed, you know, to, to have a soothed mind or, or better yet to, uh, actually find value out of what I'm talking about. Uh, I, I know I can only talk about so much. This is audio and I want to make this better and I'm getting close. So before I jump back into the list, just about 20 more seconds, I want to say thank you guys. I thoroughly appreciate it. And, uh, if you are a fan. Let me know. Uh, I don't know. It just feels crazy to, continue to see more downloads and I refuse to believe that no one's actually listening it could be possible that I would assume like one or two of you are actually listening so moving on guys we're talking about the fifth startup idea this one I'm calling it road tripper yes I'm not tripping all over the road but it is it is a complete road trip planning guide it sounds it sounds whatever but like um, here's what I've always run into when I'm traveling cross-country, not on a plane. This is just all pure road, is that I, if I'm traveling for more than like six hours, I get bored, I want to eat, I, I can't stand being in the car. So if you're going to be in a car for more than six plus hours and you might have to stay overnight or you're going to cross-country, planning a trip seems ridiculous, okay? From trying to plan out when you're going to get gas if you're trying if that's going to be a route to figuring figuring out the best restaurant you want to you want to go in or you want to see as especially as you're going across different cities you know you probably want to check out some of the sites not only that but you can look at hotels that might be like pet safe calculate the optimal route so i know if you're going from say like new york to la there's going to be a point where you're going to take like two different you have the option to take two different routes to get to like california and one's going to take you like through Denver, the other one's going to take you through Texas. So it'll help you plan out the optimal routes. Ideally, it can help you plan around the weather too, depending on the, if the route, if, if the weather is going to be crazy at the time of year. Uh, you can look at pet safe hotels. You can set up appointments. 
um, give recommendations on those already driving, and you know, also calculate how much gas you should have. So, for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through like a a typical road, road trip and how this would actually work because maybe I think maybe that'll provide uh, better context. So, I am going to in this example. I'm going to be driving to Los Angeles, and I need to know one. How long is it going to take if I drive straight there? Okay, it's going to be like 25 hours. I know I'm not going to do that in one in one row, one, one go. So uh, I go on my app and it'll ask me, well, how long do you, how many days do you plan on staying on the road? It's easy. I'll just say two days. Cool. So it'll automatically give me a route to see if it's possible to get there to get my, to my destination in two days. Along that route, I can fill out how much gas do I have, what car do I have, and you know, how much weight is in the car, or, you know, something along those lines, and it will automatically tell me, okay, you have a half gallon, if you have a half tank left, you're good for about 40 miles, uh, we recommend you filling up your tanks here, 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 and then here are the optimal spots for you to fill up your tanks, and the prices that it'll cost, if you take this route, at least for now, so again, we're still using a lot of data from, like, say, like, Gas Buddy, or, like, a lot of other sites, but it'll, it sets up everything for you to say, okay, you get to stop at these gas stations, and then if you want to eat, what kind of food, you know, like, like, are you open to try out new restaurants or like fast food places? Are you in a hurry? You know, so on and so forth. And it'll tell you which places you can go, what places you, you recommend, that it recommends. It'll also tell you which, which of those, like, say, Flying J's or um, pilot stations that you have that, um, that are mainly for truckers, but they're pretty much like souped up gas stations that have different, have lots of foods and like uh, fast, fast food franchises there too. Uh, it'll tell you what's um, there and what you can get. So you can effectively just plan out your move and say, I'm going from here to here. I'm putting, here's how much gas I have. I'm looking for these types of hotels. And it'll automatically figure that out for you. And then it'll give you the option to connect to the hotel and buy it then and there. Or you can, or if you want to wait last minute, you can do that. And uh, you can also set up the road settings and be like, hey, do you just want to travel during the day and at, not at night? Or do you want to, you know, what time do you want to leave in the morning? I think it would be great if, if it actually keeps track in real time too, just you know, plug it in a double down as a GPS and plug it in to keep it charged. Um, but uh, you know, in real time, if you're falling behind, it, it might calculate the route, it'll give you an option to say, hey, you're an hour behind, you, would you like to recalculate or do you want to press through? Okay. So uh, that's kind of what I have in mind, and I don't think I found a complete solution because uh, I think a lot of these, uh, especially road trip and like mapping tools, it's all about like figuring out mazes and figuring out figuring out optimal routes anyway. Um, and all AI and machine learning can do that. So it really, just in my head, it just takes a lot of this one. I feel like it's very doable, but it just takes a lot of time and tediousness and figuring out like every little detail about what could be discussed and what what would matter during the trip. That's all. So I don't think anything like that exists. I'm going to see if I can find that. Because, like, I've had to do this a couple times, and I just can't stand planning trips. Road mapping, trip, uh, planner. I'm going to quit Google this. Because Roadmap makes it, what is a roadmap? Agile roadmap, the, ah, the Agile product roadmap plan, product roadmap, roadmap tool. See, this is all pro product. How to do a road mapping trip. Uh, road, road trip. This road trip planner. So here it is. For quant. Find real dates, find interesting places, and book hotels with ease. I think this is 
close. Uh, I have enough time to figure out how long it takes. Start clicking on the map to your destination. Okay. So this gives you places, but it doesn't seem to be as extensive as I wanted to. Okay, so there is something that exists out here. Um, not to the extent that I want uh, for plot or whatever. But that, for me, that's a good sign. It means like, well, there is enough interest, but I, there's not enough people talking about it. And this is since this is, this is a free one, I can certainly find ways to try to make this a little bit better. Potentially. And then there's Road Trippers, Trip Planner in the App Store. This might be something that has been already built. Maybe I just went too far or beyond. Let's see here. Never felt necessary to review. Just kind of obligated to talk to my friends. It was so helpful. Like, if this is if this is the if this one's legit in the Apple Store, this one's called Road Trippers. I just might say go to this one. Um, added a lot of fun to the trip of ease. There's a lot of fun pictures. Uh, let's see. Tells you the itinerary and the guide. Okay, this one seems uh, is the only map built for travelers, playing ritual friends. You never knew it existed. You're always five minutes away from something awesome. Discover millions of places. Okay, so this is actually more of a discovery app, which I can definitely see the value of. This actually might be a good feature to have if you're just going from point A to point B and then you have the discovery feature. Figure out something new. Okay, I do like that. I do like that. So, I'll, I'll put a note there, competitor is uh, Road Trip, which is probably the most relevant one. Uh, not specifically from point A to point B, this is more of like, it feels like it's just kind of helping you find new things out of the path if you have time. Um, still, value looks to be pretty good though, so. Yeah, that was number uh, five, whoa. <laughs> Alright guys, number six. Now before I go to number six, this is technically also number 21 that I've talked about since we started. So this is number six for today. Uh, I call this, this is a, a app or website. It's more of a gambling site. And it's a little bit dated. This is still in the concept phase. And I call this Ridiculo. It's an internet gambling site and you can bet on an infinite amount of possibilities. Okay, so this, this site is strictly, uh, it's all long shots and prop bets, okay? You bet on infinite possibilities for, say, a million, say, like, for a million dollars and bet for a dollar. And have people submit prop bets who can gamble with others based on the odds. Person, so, for example, a person needs X money on a bankroll, or sorry, a person needs to have X money on a bankroll. It's like home games worth of gambling, all of you to monitor no deposit needed free rolls. Okay, so that's a little bit more into the marketing concept, but, like, the concept behind it is just, let's create a gambling site that's just completely full of, like, long shots. So it's like saying... You know, what are the odds that Peyton Manning comes back into the NFL and throws a pick as first throw? You know, make it like one out of like 50,000. You can put a dollar on. Uh, this certainly does feel like it's more like raffly and like super out there. But the whole idea behind this, and I think where I had, because this doesn't seem like it's completely flushed out though, is that... Uh, I mean, you have these people submit these props and then we'll have like mathematicians or whatever figure out like, okay, what's the likelihood of this actually happening and give out, um, at least from sports books, they call it the big or the juice, whatever. And, you know, um, you know, long-term, the whole goal is to actually come out ahead. Um, but, but I figure, you know, if there's just a way for people to bet on the most ridiculous stuff all in one place and that you could even submit it and... The, and I think I mentioned here too, it's like there's not even no deposit needed, like there's no deposit required. It's all just pure crowdsource. So like if you go on the site and if you make a bet, like so you have all these free bets and nothing hits, that's fine. But like 
Um, I feel like if you start just accumulating people that are trying to win these bets for money, and a couple of them do win, like it might be like, yeah, oh, I bet, yeah, I bet nothing, but this was a thousand dollar bet, you know. So uh, I don't know, maybe like ten cents. You have to have like a minimum buy-in, but I feel like the more you go on the site and the more you submit um, prop bets, you actually get credited like money to spend. Like so it might be like five cents, one cent. You know, you can give a hundred props and you make up a dollar's worth. And then you can probably submit for ones that make no sense. Uh, but this is certainly the numbers are going to have to make a lot of sense because I, I do know. I mean, this is pure gambling. I mean, this is not. Um, I don't want to say it's like sports betting. It's just like ridiculous gambling that if you have an edge, you can probably make a good amount of money. But like in the same point, the same vein, I don't want people to spend like thousands of dollars. It's just like, oh, you know, I have like a couple dollars on here. Eh, just throw it back in into the system or whatever. So this feels like more of a trolley type type of startup. I don't know if this actually has legs. Um, it might actually just be better to focus that, that, that concept into into uh, into an established sportsbook. Uh, you know, something like points bet or Nevada. Uh, just go up there and just be like, hey, let's, let's focus on these types of bets, and you'll have a lot more people that are really eager. Uh, you know, that, that's very plausible. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah, reading, read, reading that one out loud. Yeah, yeah. All the other ones, I was super excited about that one. Yeah. That one left the dirty taste in the mouth. So that one might be a, a scratch out. Who knows? So moving on to the last one. We did it, guys. Number seven. This one is a product. And I swear, most of these are going to go back to site and app soon. But uh, this is a specific product, and I call it the Mach 9. <laughs> spelled as M-O-C-N for number 9-N-E. That's all cool looking, but uh, the idea, the concept, uh, I also put this too, um, in parentheses, this could also be a skit, uh, because it, this is this goes under the umbrella of a potentially good idea, but equally terrible. Um, if it's terrible, it'd be good to mention like a skit as like a joke, joke tool, but uh, this is what I call, the concept is a millennial office chair. So this is just something to pitch or partner with a furniture company or potentially open up a new industry of furniture. Obviously, it's for, for millennials. Um, this is not a full office desk, and it's also not for gaming. Okay, so I get, I get the hunch that, like, I could be wrong on this. I have to do more research, but um, the gaming chairs, everyone loves them, especially young adults. And I've, I've seen these gaming chairs be used um, for, you know, adults, like not even young adults, like 30, 40-year-old people. Um, they could be pretty comfortable, um, but I still think, depending on, like, if you're speaking with clients or whatnot, like, there's still going to be that sense of, uh, of wanting to have that pure professional look, but without spending, like, thousands of dollars for, like, a quote-unquote awesome office chair. So these will pretty much be, like, home office desks that fit for millennials that like comfort but don't like the same old like heavy leather wooden stuff you know, that like heavy leather uh like fabrics that seem that make it seem pretty official uh i'd rather just find something that's just catered towards something that millennials likes like uh a chair with potential like rest for a phone or you could have a charger on it you know something that actually has um, additional use out of it and not just to throw the millennial tag on it uh and this is, quote-unquote, I put it here, um, not full office, um, but not for gaming. The, not uber for sure, uh, the, quote, not uber professional, but, quote, with it type of folks. 
Yeah, so does people. I don't know. I want to say people like me. I'm essentially building a chair that I want that I think other people would enjoy. That's what it boils down to. Um, and eventually, it's, it'll be an eventual status symbol. So, uh, and the, only thing, the only thing I can think of that's something similar, um, again, this could be equally stupid, um, but also could potentially genius. I feel like this is like borderline. Um, it's like those, uh, there's another product like those Untuck It shirts, which literally are just like the young adult button-ups that no one tucked in because they look terrible. And they decided, and some company was like, hey, why don't we just create the same shirts and market it as untucked professional shirts? It, that's it. It's just a regular dress shirt that's just not as long. And they've already had those for young adults since I was like, well, probably even longer, but when I was a young adult, like 10, 15 years ago, like eight, you know, my, tw- my late teens, early 20s, I wore that all the time. Like, like those long button-up shirts, or like button-up young adult shirts. And uh, the, fact that, the fact that they're still selling. Um, they have TV commercials on something that, it's just, it's just more of a marketing play, let's be honest. Um, I feel like something like the Millennial Office Chair or the Mach 9 uh, is something that makes sense. Um, at least, you know, in different industries, like that whole tangent of creating a market from something that already exists or, you know, folk, uh, carving out a niche. Um, I feel like not many people are doing that. And before my my hopes get shot and before the end of this episode, um, I typed in Millennial Office Chair. And Millennial Home Office Chairs, make way for Millennials, Office Design and Effects. Um, Boss Millennial Modern Home Office Chair White. So there actually is not a lot of Millennial Office furniture. Uh, And the only thing that I see here is just a boss-chair.com. Yeah, and it doesn't... Yeah, I feel like like the images of it look like a standard site. And then if I look at gaming chairs... And I you know, is it crazy that I'm doing research in this podcast? That's it's crazy. But um here's the thing, this this is the boring stuff, guys. So if I'm doing the boring stuff and you're listening to this, like you should be in Dreamland. So uh congratulations for sleep sleeping, you know, have a good night. You guys take care. Uh have a great night's sleep. But now I'm looking at gaming chairs here. I'm looking at like the average gaming chair description. See this one might have legs. That's the thing, like this type, these types of chairs have legs because the gaming chairs like focus on getting to the point, they focus on features, they focus on better quality images. Uh, I'm pulling this one up on, on Target. Yeah, and a lot of these are just like, the background images are sleek, they like buy into the whole mentality. Some of them do have white backgrounds, but uh, yeah, for like $300, that's six. Yeah, you can easily have like a millennial one in between yeah, around like the three hundred dollar, five hundred dollar price point. Even go like to like a one fifty price point for the adults with money that have, that are professionals but don't want to sit in a gaming chair and don't want to sit in a you know drifty old style like chair that our parents sat in. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so that's it, guys. That, that's the seven, uh, the Mach Nine, uh, Ridiculo, Road Tripper, Read the Room, the ITV, uh, Bastard Spend interaction if you are interested in partnering up with me or taking this idea yourself you're more than welcome to always reach out to me regardless um, even if something like this already exists if you feel like you can do it better or if you think some of these things make sense and I can flush it out let me know uh, I still do 
um, plan to write. Um, I'm actually might turn, I might start turning this into video form, but write out some of these ideas with the planning. But uh, I'm watching a lot more YouTube videos, and I'm really finding the love of actually documenting the process and doing it in a um, infotainment type of way. I think uh, a lot of people would enjoy that. So uh, while you're while you're still listening to like the back the initial concepts and everything here. Uh, I hope over time uh, I can get more content and actually more visual and like realistic uh, apps and products into, I don't know, turn it into reality and document the process like on YouTube. And, you know, hopefully you guys can be more, um, you know, not sleepy and it will be, um, we guys will be interested in, and uh, yeah. So that's it guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, part three of my hundred startup series. Eventually, we'll get there, guys. Uh, this might be another couple months, but I'm not sweating it. I'm enjoying talking about these ideas out loud. Uh, if you guys know me, uh, I'm sure some of you do at this point, uh, I do like to hear myself talk out loud, which is a big reason why I started this podcast. Um, but I don't like to listen to myself out loud. That requires me listening to the whole podcast for another hour, and I don't want to do that. I don't want you to do that. I want you guys to sleep. That's the, you know That's the reason why I created, what, 34 episodes now, so... Hopefully you guys have enough material to listen to. I know my NFL stuff, if it's um, not your jam, I do, like I said, try to keep this interesting, try to change it up week over week. Uh, if I'm able to get my new computer pretty soon, I will try to aim for three episodes in a week or at least try to have a different type of um, episode available uh, because I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the NFL stuff, and I know that's going to start going away once the playoffs start. And we only have a few more weeks of that. But um, the startup stuff, too, like I said, this is a segment that's going to be gone. But, like, I still like to talk about random occasional one-off things once in a while or, or start um, umbrella-ing types of categories that I could talk about on Droolish, too. So uh, until, next guy, until the next time, guys, I'm all over the place. Uh, you guys take care and dream easy.